0: Is good, good people. You are now listening to another episode of At the Plate with Danny Foxworth. I am your humble narrator, Danny Foxworth. And once again, we have an extremely special guest. He hails from the Metro, aka Columbia, South Carolina. He's a DJ slash producer extraordinaire, producing for the likes of fellow rappers such as J Live and Priest Jacobs. He has a full length joint project with another Columbia MC by the name of Jirai entitled For the Soul that they dropped last year. Make sure y'all check that out. A super dope project. Party people, we got the good brother DJ Ambush in the building. Ambush exclusive, exclusive, exclusive.
1: What's good, bro? (laughs) What's good, man? What's good? How you doing today?
0: Man, all is right in my world, man. So before we get into the hardball talk, I want to get into the music. So what was it that inspired you to get into producing and who were some of your early influences?
1: Oh, man. Well, I can blame that on my parents. They've always been musically bouncing around in the car and in the house while you're doing housework and things of that nature, it's always been, you know, the soul of the beat. And I was like, you know, that's what the most common thing that anybody can gravitate toward and just come together. It's not about conversation. It's not about the, the, the cool shoes or the cool car you have. It's all about music. And, you know, it just started grabbing me when I was like maybe five, six years old. I want to understand how the beat works and listening to people like Quincy Jones and, as I got older, I listened to ADF and, uh, wow. you know, uh, Teddy Riley, like how, like for a good example, how in the world did Teddy Riley create such a masterpiece with Keith Sweat? What in the world? And that's when I really started wanting to get into the production. Okay. Man,
0: cool. Cool. So tell me about the project you did with Gerai, the, uh, for the soul project. how did that come
1: together? Oh my goodness gracious. So Backstory, I met Gerard at a hip hop show back in the early 2000s, and we would always cross paths. And I would always tell him, like, man, look, you need to call me. I want to work with you, blah, blah. During that time, I was working with other artists such as Dan Johns and Liquid Styles and all of them. Damn, everybody, Jones, I was just working with everybody. Man. I said, Yo, man, that's, that's my dude, man. Dan, Yo. dude, gold machete in the house. So, um, I was working with a lot of people, and I, and I loved them so much because they gave me an opportunity. I was just a little nerdy college kid. Just learning how to really, really get into the, the heap of the music and all this stuff. So I would just cross this path all the time. Every time I see him, we never connected. Lo and behold, late 2020, 19, whatever, we finally connect. And he was like, dude, let's just do this. And we never met or sat down face-to-face how we are going to do it. Everything was through email. Really? I was him a rough draft. Yeah, a rough draft or something. I might have just said, I'm going to delete this. He's like, no, don't delete it. Don't delete it. Let me rap over it. Whatever. And I just keep sending them batches and batches, like every night, maybe one, two o'clock in the morning, I send like twenty beats every night. He'll choose Wow. And and we finally sat down together and said "This is what was going to sound like if we put together album." I say, "Dude, whatever." I wasn't excited because I kind of you know how you get that love hate relationship when you're not overly excited about it. It's like, yeah, whatever. But the final product when he presented to me, say, "This is what we should come up with." I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! This is amazing!" So.
0: Man, it makes, you once again, yeah, make sure y'all check that out. It's the album's entitled For the Soul. For the Soul, yep, Yeah. Yes, sir. So now we're going to get into the hardball talk. So what were some of your earliest baseball memories?
1: My earliest baseball memories as a kid, um, seven, eight years old, you know, you started on the Little League baseball team. I did, I did that for a couple of years straight until I got hit with a ball in the face. I said, nah, <laughs> No, I'm do, not doing this anymore. Um, and, that, and that's when I started gravitating toward more music. But the first stadium that I think I've ever visited was in Columbia. Um, they had a minor league team, and the name of the team escapes me. I'm sorry. It isn't the Fireflies. It was, was, it the, in the was it the Columbia Mets? I believe it was. Or the, it, it was or near the, the fairgrounds. Or the Capital City Bombers. Capital City Bombers. It, it, they were just transitioning to Capital City Bombers. This is okay. like mid, almost, almost the beginning of the nineties, late eighties, something mm-hmm. like that. They were just transitioning to the Bombers. You correct on that? Yeah. yeah. And that was my first time seeing an actual baseball game. It was pretty cool, kind of motivating to kind of, you know, to watch the stats of the game. And um, my very first professional uh, baseball game was the Atlanta Braves. Where yeah, was is that old stadium? The, the old State Fulton County game. Stadium. Yep, that was yeah. my very first one. So.
0: So, that stadium
1: that's in Columbia by the fairgrounds, is that still around? You know what? I think they went ahead and demolished it. They're supposed to have been making like um, housing in that area, either housing or Walmart. I have not driven by there in a long time. But okay. That was a pretty cool stadium. What about Sarge Fry Field? I don't know if it's still there. I don't. I, I have, man, you're taking it way back. I, I, have not, <laughs> I have not been by there either. So, okay. So, a lot um, of history there, I tell you that.
0: Yeah. For sure. For sure. Man. And just talking about the, the Columbia teams, man, you, you really brought me back. That's the old school South Atlantic League. Yeah. South Atlantic League years, because I got to thinking I was talking with somebody else and realizing how many baseball teams, there were, how many minor league teams that were actually in the state during that time, especially yes. like in the in the mid to late 80s, because you had you had the Columbia Mets. You had the Charleston Rainbows. Yes. You had the Myrtle Beach Blue Jays. Sumter had a minor league team. You had the Sumter Royals. You had they had two minor league teams. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. I, I, if I'm correctly, Sumter had two, if I'm not mistaken. It, for some reason, I, I recall seeing that. Or maybe I'm mixing them up with um with Greenville. Didn't Greenville have one as well? They had the Greenville Braves. Greenville Braves. That's right. I was thinking that it was called the Sumter Braves. I'm sorry.
0: You know what? I think they were the Sumter Braves at one point. But I, Yeah. But I think they were the Sumter Royals at one point, too. Yes. And then you me. also had the Spartanburg Phillies. Spartanburg Phillies, yep. Which sure did. actually today, I just saw, they're building a new ballpark in Spartanburg. Really? Yeah, they just announced it. And the team that's currently in Kinston, North Carolina, the Downeast Wood Ducks, their, uh, their parent club, the Texas Rangers, they sold the club. And whoever bought it, they took the team, and they're going to move that team to Spartanburg, they said, in 2025. What? Yeah. That's going to be a good look. Very yeah. good look. Yeah. Yeah, they j- just announced that today. So who were some of your favorite players growing
1: up? Number one off the bat, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson was yes, my very favorite player ever. And I see you got Ricky Henderson back there in the back. He was yeah. also one of my favorite as well. Um, big hurt low later on in the 90s. Gotta mm-hmm. love him and Kirby Puckett. I don't know why he always was one of my favorite players. You know, he always a good standout. Yeah. Um, of course, Jose Canseco, and there was someone else I used to watch all the time besides Dave Justice and those guys. Um, it was it was so many people back in the day. Oh, Deion Sanders, duh. Of course. Come on, man. No of one course. did it better. Deion, and Bo, <laughs> man, they're just like the the, the ultimate baseball slash football machines. man. I'm telling yeah. you, yeah.
0: So before we started recording you were telling me about how you would go basically you were like a a a vagabond of sorts when it comes to rooting for a team because you just go from team to team but the reasons your rationale behind it to me was was interesting because I never heard anybody explain it like that before so let's get into that how who was the first team that you were a fan of and then just talk about how you went from history wagon from one team to another team
1: well, the first team that I was just like a secret, secretly a big fan of was the New York Yankees. Don't tell anybody. I get a lot of flight from my core. They say, you, you like a Yankee or a Yankee? I really like them because I understood when they get down like a few runs. They watch the team as they get tired and they come back and start winning. I say, oh, cool. I'll I'll follow them. Then when they start sucking, I say, you know what? They suck. I'm going to the Mets. (laughs) You know, (laughs) keep it in the same New York area and things of that nature. I know that sounds so weird, but I gravitate toward defense. If the team is like they have a low standing right now, for a good example, the NL West, Oakland A's at the bottom again. I am not. I shouldn't be surprised, but I guarantee you they're going to um, climb up the ranks a little bit. But I'm, I'm giving them hope because their defense isn't that bad. And I kind of watch how the stats fluctuate between the players and, and the managers to see if they can make a turnaround in the middle of the season. They can't make a turnaround in the season. I'm going to another team. Not saying I'm going <laughs> to buy a bunch of hats or a bunch of, you know, a different paraphernalia for that team. I'm just gonna watch them closely and see how the stats change between seasons. And I think it's just interesting to see how they change, if they evolve or make a make a change. And if if the team deserved to be in the playoff, the team deserves to be until you know to, toward the end. If you don't, it's like, okay, somebody's cheating here. You know what I mean? So yeah.
0: So who are some of the other teams that you uh went to after you left the Mets?
1: Um Milwaukee Brewers. I enjoyed the pitching staff. The pitching staff in the 90s for me was very good. It reminded me of the Orioles pitching staff. Um, they always kept a, a, a high – I guess you want to say a, one of those high-profile pitches on staff. They could do a change-up in the middle middle of it and everything, and then they go back and the, send them back down to rest until it gets close to the end of the game. I always enjoyed how they had that, and, and whoever – Came up with that idea. They were genius, in my opinion. But th- those were the teams that were like, eh, you like them. Well, they, they just, whatever. And, of course, the Cleveland Indians. Well, they're not called the Indians anymore. Um, what do they it? The Guardians. The-, the Guardians, yeah. Um, I enjoyed them because of the shortstop, the defense. Oh what Yes, exactly. See, somebody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the- they were always like this all times, like Because that was the position I played in Little League. I was shortstop. Okay. I wasn't that good, but hell, I thought I was professional when I was playing as hell. You're a little <laughs> league guy, so, you know, Yeah, going back and forth, and, um, that that was mostly it until I, I got familiar with the Braves in the 90s, and all the way up to the 90s, like, Braves can't be stopped. They're the best. Tom Clavin, Dave Justice. Oh, you guys are good. Then, then after that, I was like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> this this <laughs> is terrible. <stuff." laughs> back to Kansas City Royals, I go watching them stat for stat, stat for stat. Then, of course, the, um, Boston Red Sox, Ortiz. I mean, yeah, big pop. Can't, can't stop. Him. Oh my god, it's it's amazing. So,
0: yeah, I was a big Kevin Euclid fan
1: too. Really, yeah, really. yeah. Just just amazing player on the field and off the field. You never saw anything bad about him. That's that's why I really like about him as well too.
0: Because you look at his appearance, nothing about his appearance screams athlete. But that man that can amazing. flat. That man can flat out rake. Exactly. 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 Yeah. I don't know
1: where he came from. I think he's an alien.
0: Yeah. And he has such a nutty ass batting stance.
1: <laughs> it's like a video game. You look at when he does that? Yeah. yeah.
0: And you also <laughs> talked about the Cincinnati Reds. What was it that drew you to them?
1: They were. I guess they were like very quiet until it was time to really step the game up. Um, their roster, I wasn't 100% familiar with the roster other than, uh, Deion Sanders played for them that year. Mm-hmm. And didn't Bo Jackson play for them one time? I think he was with the White Sox. He was with the White. But I thought he got traded for the Reds for, for, for a season or something like that. Maybe I'm incorrect. I, I think I'm incorrect in that, but I like the way the Reds, they, they sneak up on you in the middle season. They, they had a good bout against, um, the, oh, who did they play that season? The Reds would always go toe to toe with, uh, Oh, I'm just drawing a blank. I apologize. I'll it'll come back to me. But they 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 had a great series um, one year um, with, with their I guess their nemesis, and they seemed to always show a good game toward the end. Yeah, they were really good. Cool, cool.
0: So, um, what were some of the uh, other stadiums that you visited besides Atlanta and uh, Columbia?
1: The other stadium in 2008, I, I visited Pittsburgh Pirate Stadium. Ooh, PNC Park. Yes. Oh man. That is a huge stadium. It, the it, it was, I don't know if I was more hype about the way it looked or hype about the game. The layout was so amazing and yeah. every, everything about the stadium. So I don't even remember who they played. It was just a great experience. And, um, that was my my other than Atlanta Braves. That's my last MLB game, and um, the Charlotte Knights was the other stadium that I visited. So, I love so that. Kind of, that. I love isn't that. Is that a great park. stadium? Yeah. Oh my, that stadium is so cool. And it, um, the one before that wasn't bad either. But since they moved over to that Nutrius area, it is is yeah. really nice, really really nice stadium. So
0: yeah, oh God, I, you took me back talking about the old Charlotte Knights ballpark. I remember when I was in Boy Scouts. Um, I don't know if they still do it or not, but. Uh once a year all of the boy scout troops from North and South Carolina would all camp out at Carolines for one weekend. Yeah. And it was one Saturday we all got in the van and we was like we early in the day we just drove around uptown Charlotte, went to Eastland Mall and stuff and then Saturday evening we went to the Charlotte Knights ballpark and caught a game there.
1: Oh, that's so
0: cool. Yeah, that is that, so cool. Yeah, and that was cool. I like the fact they still got the um that baseball water tower right off 77. It's, yes. Like the stadium's completely demolished, but the it's water gone. tower is still there.
1: That's always going to be a wonderful landmark, and I, I hope people are asking, like, what are we going to do with this? Don't tear it down. Don't tear it down because it's a wonderful landmark to remind you they had a great minor league team that was there. It was yes. so close to Charlotte and, and South Carolina right there So soon as you – you come, isn't it? Right before um, you get to the caravan's exit, it's, you can see. Yeah, there right. yeah, it's in yeah. Fort Mill. Right, it was yeah. right there on the right. It's right there. Don't tear it down, guys. But someone's
0: going to do it. I know it. Yeah, and they had a squad. I think that it was the '93 team that ended up winning the Triple A championship. They had, I think, they had Jim Tomey was on the team. I think Manny Ramirez was on the team too, if I'm not mistaken. Really? I might yeah. look that up. I yeah. think. But yeah, yeah. so yeah, um. Yeah, now we, we're we going to get into the five-question segment now. So the five-question segment, the first and last question I ask every guest I have on here, questions two through four will be 100% random. So question number one, what were the ideal items on Ambush's school lunch tray?
1: <laughs> Elementary, high school, it doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. Oh, my goodness. Besides the chocolate milk. Oh, a dinner roll, mm-hmm. um, of course, that pizza in a little plaid container, and <laughs> that's all I can really remember, to be honest with you, <laughs> that were essential, I guess I you say.
0: Okay. So we'll move on to question number two. What
1: was your favorite Wu-Tang solo album? Holy crap. Whoo. Solo meaning one of the artists from the Wu-Tang solo album? Oh, my goodness gracious. I hope they don't see this podcast. Raekwon, only built for Cuban links. Hey, there you go. I'm not mad at that pic. I'm sorry, Ghostface. She's probably yelling at me now. I'm sorry. Hey, it's all
0: good, man. I got you, Ghost, because my favorite is Supreme Clientele.
1: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I am so torn between the two. Those are my favorite ones out of the Wu-Tangs that went solo. They were very consistent. I love both of them.
0: But you you can't go wrong with either pick. Yes, that's true. That's true. So, question number three: What defunct Columbia restaurant do you wish would make a return?
1: Oh wow, that's a great question. Um, don't laugh. Crystal's. I'm not mad. I miss it too. I miss it too. It it, it it's it's such a simple restaurant. I remember as a kid going by there after school. Like we're gonna get chicken tenders, yeah. <laughs> either th- either them or White Castle. Yeah. Either one. That's fine with me, but I would prefer crystals over White Castle. And I haven't seen one here since since the 80s at all.
0: Yeah. That's about the same time in the Charleston area because we had a couple of crystals down here too. But yeah, it was right around that time they all left. I think the only ones that are still around close relative relatively close proximity, there's one in Savannah and there's one up in Merle's Inlet. Oh wow. I think the one in Merle's Inlet is still there. I don't know about the Savannah one.
1: Yeah, yeah. They they need to just expand that because it's not a it's a, a break from the norm that you have everywhere else, in my opinion. So
0: yeah. I'm a Agreed. sucker
1: for little things like that.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> question number four. This was actually a question provided by a guest. Uh, that guest by the name of Priest Jacobs. He asks, what keyboard did you use when you made the song Too Dope? Oh my goodness! Um, the Korg
1: microcord. There you go, preach.
0: Korg
1: yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, it is Korg microcord in a mixture of uh, the Graphite 49 controller. I was doing some other things. Wow, that was a great question.
0: Yeah, man, preach. Yeah, because when I was writing my questions down, I was like, wait a minute, let me, let me. Uh... Let me hit him up and see if he has a question he wants to provide. So that was his question. (laughs) And question number five, what was the last thing that made you laugh uncontrollably?
1: My brother, my brother sent me a, a meme uh, on Instagram and the meme had a picture of a young man talking to his father. He's like, dad, Am I adopted? And his dad said, no, not yet. We're trying to find somebody to adopt you anyway. It was the funniest (laughs) crap. I just kept looking at it today and just kept laughing over and over. (laughs) As a matter of fact, when we end this call, I'm going to look at it (laughs) (laughs) again. Man, so if there's anything that you want to plug and promote, the floor is officially yours. Well, thank you again for inviting me to this. This was a wonderful treat to end my Tuesday evening. I really appreciate it. My hat's off to you. It's always good to run into you at the beatdowns that we always enjoy two times in a row. Yes, Big sir. shout out to Gene Brown. Thank you big, for always having a great show. Big um, shout out to Gene Brown. Big shout out, man. Really enjoy everything. And um, everything is great. to experience, it just adds to this conversation of why I like to stay into the music production. Because you get that type of feeling that you and I have experienced right there. You yeah. know, you can't change that. It's, it, it always sticks with you. Um, music. Musically, as far as promotion goes, Jirai and I are working on another project. It's coming out in a month or so. Stay oh. tuned to that. Um, my brother and I might be working on something. He doesn't know it yet. Stay tuned to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just staying low and trying to stay motivated on positive energy music. Um, that's my whole idea. Oh. and uh, keeping awareness of th- there's more sounds than there are with them with the same things that you hear on the radio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I'll let the music speak for itself. I won't ramble on too much about it. But um, I have a question for you. Shoot. Hip hop, music, uh, pop, whatever you have. And I see that you are a fitness buff. How would you recommend promoting all that together? And what do you think has a presence more? Music itself or fitness or, you know, well-being in, in, in I guess, the, the organization of people? How does that go hand in hand? And if so, how can it?
0: Hip hop and fitness? Yes. Wow, I've never been asked that question before. Well, <laughs> um, oh, you jam me up just now, <laughs> <laughs> man. I never really gave it much thought, to be completely honest with you. Um, I think one of the I. Th- Something that really worked for me it was, was as far as hip hop and fitness, there was a project that de la soul put out called the uh, r u n Yes. and it's like it starts off with like slow songs. it's basically like a warm up session, and then like as the album progresses the song the tempo of the songs get increasingly faster, yes, yeah. Yeah, and I I remember listening to that, and I was like, you know what? I'm glad I'm glad you asked me that because I gotta go I gotta revisit that album because that
1: was that was a sleeper album, man. Yeah, that and was that was
0: and that was excellent for workouts.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, but as far as like having a a like just like definite answer, I honestly I just, I can't come up with anything right now. <laughs> Something to think
1: about, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I will and I definitely will think about that. You know, the main reason besides I I know that that you you work out, you know, I work out as well. I always think about the influences that allow people to do things such as working out. And you know, hip hop does have that main uh I guess carriage above to make people want to do certain things. Like a hip hop song might like, I hate to bring his name up, John Morant, hip hop made me do what I did. Yeah. So how does their music influence us to to be fit or want to be healthier and things of that nature and, and why and that's what I always thought about but I've never had an opportunity to answer that question for myself either I thought I would ask you since you're the professional
0: yeah um, I think there was a couple of de- I think there was a Dead Press project that was sort of in line with what you were talking about as far as hip-hop and fitness mm-hmm. and just overall wellness I can't remember the name of it but if memory serves me correct Dead Press did have a project like in relation to what you were talking about
1: Really, really, I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Okay, yeah, I'll check that out. Oh, I, I'm assuming it was shelved because I've never heard of it.
0: I don't know. I I think it was released. I I don't know who like who distributed it or if they did it. In they might have done it independently. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Okay, I check yeah. that out. Most definitely. So, if you're still listening, I appreciate you listening. Ears, make sure you like, download, and subscribe to At the Plate with Danny Foxworth. Make sure you check out DJ Ambush and Gerai's project for the soul. And they have an upcoming project. And I'm looking forward to that. So, till next time, this has been another episode of At the Play with Danny Foxworth. Y'all be good. For Ambush Peace. and myself,
1: we out. Later. Three strikes.